Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Integrated Life Podcast. Today I'm going to do something um, a little different only because the question I got asked was a little different and uh, it was just a, basically an open invitation to talk about dating. In my last episode or one of the last episodes I talked, uh, I mentioned how uh, dating is something that you could also do with a program intentionally with a lot of principles in place and uh, I kind of alluded to the need to talk about that uh, a little bit more in depth fleshing it out a little bit more and so I want to do that so uh, I want to first of all give a couple of caveats I so I want to talk about uh, meeting my wife and dating and discerning marriage and ultimately getting married and and the process that I've gone through is after many years of not getting it right, of making mistakes, of learning from them, of learning about myself, and we're all on that journey. So I think it's just really important to keep that in mind that uh, so many times we get filled with the anxiety of perfectionism and you hear about a thing and it's like the right way to do something and then... You know, you could either beat yourself up for not doing it the right way or feeling like you still don't have it and you still don't know how it's going to work or you think you get it, you put it into place, it's just not working for you. There's all these different ways of basically uh, taking back our submission to God being God and ultimately not trusting in him that he's got the plan and he's going to put it into place and he is unfolding that plan in your life. So I just I really want to start with that encouragement that wherever you're at you you're in God's hands. And your life, your story, your journey is unfolding. You know, mine mine didn't get to the place where I'm about to share with you until I was about 30 years old. And so you know, I I, I went through most of my 20s searching, seeking, uh, thinking I found answers, then, then realizing I didn't, including my vocation in general, as I spent three and a half years discerning religious life, and I thought that I had found the answer that I was called to be a Franciscan friar. And then I realized I was not, and, uh, and then going through the process of leaving. So all that to say, we're on a journey. You're on a journey. Let's bless each other on these journeys. Pray for each other. And, and offer encouragement and support and helping each other where we can. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out some, some principles in the midst of telling you my story, and, and we'll go from there. So basically, I was in graduate school. Uh, I, I was in a, a five-year doctoral program. So at the end of that, after I had left the Friars, then I was still in school uh, for four or five years, and then it was not until that last year that I realized I was down in D.C. and I was going to be moving to New York to open a practice to start working in my postdoc and open a practice eventually. And I realized that in that last year of D.C., like, okay, none of the dating that I had uh, had, had, had encountered or, or uh, tried to make work worked. And, and I, would, I had to get serious in a different way. And so, I, first of all, 
thought about doing online dating. And I, I had to sit down and really think about this because I wasn't sure how I felt about online, the whole online thing. And so I, I explored a little bit. I saw a Catholic match. I, I, I didn't really like the some of the uh, the ways of trying to match people up on Catholic match. I thought it was over-spiritualized. I didn't have the language for it at the time, but I thought it was pretty disintegrated that somehow you're going to be matched up with somebody because you both like praying a rosary or you both love St. Joseph or you both, you know, like the Latin mass and abhor the folk guitar being in your liturgy, you know, whatever, whatever their little categories are based on. And so I thought about, okay, so let me just go to the bigger, more popular one. It was at the time match.com. But then I had to get serious about like, what am I doing here? So in, in really kind of discerning this, I, I really came to understand that, first of all, online dating is not possible, uh, or, or at least it's not, it's not consistent with our humanity of building relationships and discerning through a real encounter with another person. So instead, I conceptualize it as online meeting. It's meeting people online instead of just whoever randomly you know, accidentally crosses your path out in the real world, quote unquote, or, you know, the person who's, you know, you, you, you end up in a conversation with at the bar or whatever. This is a way using the online modality to filter out a lot of those people that you, you might not take the time to get to know with the purpose of dating have had you known some things about them so in other words online meeting provides a really neat filter for who you're going to open up the discerning question in relationship with now before i even get into this uh going any deeper i want to say i think there's a fundamental problem with most people in the single life and dating and I didn't realize this till the end of well, going through the process I'm about to describe. And that's that we are very utilitarian in the way that we encounter each other when we're single. I think that most people are suffering from this. I certainly did anyways for a long time. And, you know, if I was at a party, if I was, you know, going to some theology on tap or uh, you know, if I was out with dinner with friends or somebody was introducing me to somebody new and it's like, oh, she's cute and, you know, she's single and, you know, if somebody wanted to set me up with somebody, like when you're in that mindset, you're automatically just thinking about that person in terms of how they serve you and your need to find a spouse ultimately. And if that's our general disposition towards members of the opposite sex who are in a single state, if you are, as you are, then we're, we're really not encountering the person. And it takes a lot of work to come out of the anxiety of not being with somebody, the loneliness of not being with somebody and the fear of being in that state permanently to really open up to encounter a person as he or she is for their own good. 
you know, this is the foundation of our of our uh, our faith in in the anthropology that John Paul II taught us through that great work, love and responsibility. And I sometimes I speak at uh, a love and responsibility series, and it ends up becoming like a singles meet and greet. And the real sort of ironic tragedy when this is not happening well is that people are not greeting each other and meeting each other as they are as God created us to be, as John Paul II taught us in Love and Responsibility, that a person is to be loved and not used. But as soon as we put on that lens of seeing somebody only in terms of how they serve us because we want to date somebody or we want to end up married, and it could be holy reasons, it could be holy intentions of wanting to live our life in a vocation and be a gift of self and raise a family and, and all that, but still, if that's the way we see people when we first meet them, we're not really seeing them. We're seeing how they may or may not fit into my plan for my own vocation. So that's a little bit of a challenge there for you. I figured this out only uh, towards the end. And it's because I just put myself into this process that I'm going to explain to you. It got me to sort of see things differently in the ways that I was encountering people. So I saw online dating as online meeting. And this is, this is sort of one of the crucial sort of uh, practical principles here. You're not online looking for the one. You're not looking for somebody that's going to be your yes. You know, and, and I know there's all different apps and, and, and sites and different things that people use now. It doesn't matter. It's always going to be the same principle. And when you first meet somebody, you're not meeting somebody thinking that this is going to be the one. Again, if you're acting out of that anxiety and loneliness and and that sort of agitation in life because you're not happy with where you're at, then you're going to wrongly be thinking about it this way. But that's not the beginning of human relationship. That's not how you form a relationship. That's not how you discern. So, very practically speaking, going online and looking at all these profiles, you're not looking for the one. Very simply, you're looking to filter out people who are not, who are definitely not the one. You're not looking for a yes. You're looking for not a no. You're looking for the people who are not automatically and definitively a no from the information you've gleaned from their profile. So you know what I'm talking about, and everybody may have some slight differences in what that means for them. But if you're, you know, you're you're flipping through and you're seeing pictures or whatever, and there's all sorts of pictures that are indicative of a person having a lifestyle radically different than anything that you accept uh, and or want as a part of your life. That's a no. So move on. And you know there might be questions, there might be things you wonder about from looking at somebody's profile. But if they're not a no, then they go into the possibility category. And so what I did was I searched, I searched and I found people who were not a no. And then I wanted to engage with as many people as possible. Now, to get started on this, I, I was very clear with myself. And I was very clear with the women that I was interacting with that... I was, I was approaching this in a very light-hearted manner. In other words, 
yes, I am ultimately discerning a vocation and want to be married. But I recognize that this process is one of social engagement and social interaction. And so in my, my sort of effort to meet as many people as possible online or offline eventually, I was not committing myself in any substantial and personal way to the other person in an inappropriate manner. So, to put it another way, you know, well, very clearly, obviously, if you're trying to do this in a virtuous way, you're not just trying to meet people to hook up with. But more than that, you're also not meeting people to develop an unbalanced, uh, emotionally intimate kind of relationship that's inappropriate. So you just have to keep it light to start. This is the whole point. And then you just want to meet a lot of new people. And so this might be hard for you if you're not very social, but this is what it takes. If you want to if you want to find somebody who's your spouse, ultimately then you're going to have to meet people. And um look at the the other thing is like obviously there's all different ways that this happens. I'm just telling you my story. I'm explaining it, breaking it down for you. You might have a friend who introduced you to somebody and you hit it off and then, you know, happily ever after was inevitable or whatever. Uh, you might be waiting for that to happen. I'm just I'm speaking more so to the people that want to be active in this process but don't know where to go with it. So, number one, we're all on the journey, recognizing that God is in control. He is the master uh, architect and, and the writer of these stories. So it's going to happen according to his plan. But what can you do on your part? So as the phrase goes, pray as if it got, depends on God and work as, it, as if it depends on you. This is the work you can do. But also recognizing that then it requires uh, a deep respect for the dignity of the human person. You know, all these people that you're meeting don't exist just for the sake of your discernment. And... Uh, and then and then next to that, then, you know, keeping it light as you begin this process. So those are those are a couple of ground rules that get to get us into the arena of the online space and then meeting people. So then from there, I broke it down into some more basic principles of the rules that I would follow in this process of engaging as many women as I could in this very lighthearted and social manner. And so then I started you know, sending out messages, you know, the, the match.com at the time, I think you would do like a little wink, you know, you click the button, that's like as lighthearted as it can get, like zero effort required, and you're just flipping through profile after profile, winking at all these people just to see if you're going to attract their attention, and you want them to come look at your profile, and something I've done with I've done some coach, uh, coaching, dating, mentorship kind of thing. And so I'll help people, you know, write up your profile and figure out the best way to present yourself and all that. Uh, that's that's kind of beyond the scope of this, this uh, podcast right now. But basically, you know, trying to get in touch with and engage with as many people as possible. And then I use these rules. I would not email with somebody more than three emails without getting on the phone so you know some some people just like to just message all day long 
chat, message, all this stuff. And it doesn't go anywhere. Remember, this is not online dating. So if it got to the third email, I would say, hey, listen, uh, you know, I'd love to take this conversation offline. Here's my number. Text me yours if you're comfortable with that or, you know, whatever. Like making an effort to get it out of the messaging uh, into the next level. So try to get on the phone. And then, you know, if, if somebody was interested at that point, then then they would give me their number. And if not, then then not. That's totally fine. And then the next rule would be not more than three phone conversations, which are not more than 20 minutes in length before meeting in person. So you see, automatically take yourself out of this problem of online dating where we're developing this emotional attachment, which is a form of unchastity where you don't really know the person and you're giving more of yourself than is the appropriate and you're sharing so much and you're developing these attachments. It's just not appropriate. It's really not chastity. And it ends up being really problematic. Hearts get broken. People are crossing boundaries. Um, it's much harder to remain physically chaste when you finally do meet in person because you've already developed an emotional intimacy that, that sort of has jumped the gun a little bit. And so, uh, so this is how we stop that from happening. No more than three messages without a phone call. No more than three phone calls without meeting in person. And then in terms of distance, I've, you know, people have different experiences with this because I know there's a lot of people that meet online and they have long-distance relationships. I'm not a fan. And my rule was not to chat with people who were further than I could comfortably meet in person once a week. So I was in grad school at the time. You know, during the week, I had a lot of difficulty, had a ton of work to do. But, uh, you know, the weekends, if I, was, if I was talking to somebody that I wanted to meet up with that was an hour away or two hours away, um, you know, I might spend a Saturday afternoon driving up to see somebody uh, that had a really good conversation with. And in fact, at one point when I was in D.C., uh, I had met somebody that was in New York, and so I actually had driven up to New York, um, and I stayed with a friend, and you know I allowed myself that little uh, allowance because I knew I was moving to New York, and so m driving up to meet this person uh, a few times uh, before actually getting to a place where I knew I'd be moving within the year. Uh, that you know that was allowable to me from DC to to New York. That's a long drive. Okay, I don't recommend that. Uh, <laughs> really think about this. If if you're dating for a year, you know, would you be driving five hours each way to spend a weekend every week? Not that you would actually end up necessarily seeing somebody every week, but that was the criteria that I set up for myself that that could be possible if things got more serious and they were really going in that direction. So that's a little little ground rule that I used, but mostly I would I would meet people, talk to people in the you know DC metro area, and um, and that was my rule on that. So then the next step would be to uh, meet in person, and I had a little I had a little sort of rule book in my mind for meeting in person as well. I kind of put somebody into one of two categories based on not the person but the conversation. I put my sense of the dynamic between me and this other person in one of two categories. Either it was sort of like questionable leaning towards probably not 
or questionable leaning towards it could be a really great possibility. And depending on which one of that leaning it was, remember, this is with a sober uh, awareness of the fact that you don't really know a person until you spend some time actually in person talking and getting to know each other and in various sort of, you know, environments. But if it was leaning towards probably not, I would meet for a coffee. And, you know, in the morning or in between classes or uh, something like that, just kind of something really, really light and something that would be potentially quick if it needed to be. And if it was questionable leaning towards uh, towards a, a great potential, then I would meet for something later in the day, maybe a drink. And then in the back of my mind, you know, the ground rules that I had laid or the playbook that I had would be to, to kind of play it by ear, uh, it, you know, in terms of the time and the length that I spent in that conversation or in the subsequent meetings with a person where, I, you know, if, if it was a great conversation, it would always just be a meet for like meet up for like that first drink. But then I would be open to, you know, if, if it's a good conversation, you're having a drink, maybe you're at the bar you're like, hey, let's let's I'm a little hungry. Let's order a little a little snack. You know, or why don't we get a little appetizer? And and then, you know, you see if that, you know, if you're still in a good conversation. You know, you have this like progressive um timeline on it, on a time frame on the on the time. And this is a little bit easier, I think, in the man's position. Uh, there's, you know, and, and not because it should be. I'm just saying that I think this is just experientially what, what I've been told and and what people experience. Um, but but if you're if you're the female in the situation, then, you know, you could certainly p- apply this in your own way, whatever is appropriate to the situation. And sometimes there'd be a time limit, anyways. I had to get somewhere, or or, or the the woman needed to get somewhere, or whatever. But this is, you know, this is the basic ground rules that I had in mind when I was doing this. Um, and so, you know, the, the whole process for me before I met my wife, I, I did this for about six months. And I looked at it as a really, I, I really took it seriously. I prayed, I sacrificed, I, I fasted, I prayed and it held this in like a real high intention in my life at this point. And I really wanted this to be something that, was blessed and I was I realized at the same time that I was I still had a lot to learn about myself. I had a lot to learn about my interests and desires, who I thought I was and who I was becoming, the kind of person that I thought would be a good match for me. Um, you know, and I went through like a weird not weird, but a, a different different phases of, of my own growth during that time. You know, so at first I was like really just limited to only people that I could filter out that were Catholic. And then, you know, on Match.com, that wasn't exactly the largest uh, subcategory there. So I broadened it out to Christians. And I was, you know, playing with that idea like, oh, maybe if as long as we share Christ in common, maybe that would work. And and I also want to say, like, during this time, I met some really amazing women, um, really beautiful people. And and especially, you know, as I was opening up to just meeting other Christians, like people that I would never have uh, spent any time getting to know it. You know, they wouldn't have been at Theology on Tap or Catholic Underground or something like this. 
So, uh, so it was, it was really a beautiful opportunity to meet different people and just to kind of, you know, get to know people, get to know their story, share my, my own story, um, answer some really funny questions about, you know, being a Franciscan for three and a half years and all this stuff. And then I kind of got frustrated with the whole faith religion question in the first, uh, in the first place. And I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to stop thinking about it altogether. I'm overthinking it. I'm I'm trying to control it too much. Let me just meet people that I enjoy having a conversation with and just enjoy being in their presence. So that was my next step. And during that process also, because I was going out so much, and again, I remember this is lighthearted. I don't mean I'm like, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm dating all these women and all stuff. Like I'm just I'm meeting a lot of new people. And, and not because I'm trying to be, you know, totally smooth and, you know, trying to like, you know, sweep women off their feet. And I'm, I, I don't want this to come across that way at all. You know, there was nothing crazy going on. Like there was nothing, you know what I'm saying? There was, it was, it was appropriate, lighthearted. It was, it was just meeting people and having good company to get to know the bars and cafes in the area fairly well. <laughs> and and share a good coffee or a good drink with somebody and have a conversation. That was mostly what was going on. And, you know, then a couple of people, you know, I, I really enjoyed time with. And then, you know, it kind of branch out from there and, and go see a show, go listen to some good live music or, you know, but just like people to just spend time with and, you know, go hiking. There's a lot of great hiking around D.C., stuff like that. And in the beginning, when I was meeting women for the first time, you know, that first date kind of thing, you're waiting at the bar, you're not sure if their picture is going to match up with their online profile, you're super nervous, wondering what they're going to think about you, all this stuff. That's when, you know, your own anxiety is blocking you from really seeing the other person. And that, that's where that insight started to really settle in about, like, kind of using the other person, not intentionally, not even consciously, but that's the emotional atmosphere of the situation. And then the more I did it, amazingly, the more comfortable I got with it, and that started to disappear. And so it just became sort of a normal pattern of my week. Uh, and, and I just I had a few dates a week that I was just set up for, and I would just meet new people and you know, just realize like everybody's on a different journey at different places looking for different things. And and um, I realized that as that anxiety was decreasing in myself, my ability to see the other person was increasing. And I got really good at just being present with these new people I was meeting and the people that I was spending time with. And as that started to happen, I just really got to know myself even better and I got to know uh, you know these these other women for who they really were uh, where they were at in that in that part of their life and so when I finally met my wife um, I have to say that when we first met online I was really intrigued by her but I didn't I didn't really like know a whole lot based on what I was seeing, but there was something there. There was just something that my intuition was picking up on. And she was a little 
resistant at first, let's say. <laughs> it's because uh, I hadn't known this at the point at that point yet, but she was away from the church. And she saw in my profile, I had, I had a little line in my profile about taking my faith very seriously. And she looked me up and found pictures of me as Brother Gregory from a life in the past with a long beard and a habit as a CFR. And uh, she was like, it was really funny for her. It was kind of like a whole joke she was sharing with her friends. She was about to go out with this ex-monk and da-da-da. But she, at first she was like, I don't think this is going to work because she was away from the church. And she had some stuff from her family, and she had uh, some some real tragedy in in her past, and some things that had made her, um, you know, question God and His existence, and and all those kinds of things. So she she didn't think this was going to work out. But something in me was was telling me that this was a, a little different. And and so I just told her I was like, well, just just meet me first before you make any decisions. And uh, and and so we met in Bethesda, Maryland, at a restaurant where we were going to just meet for a drink. And when she walked in and I saw her, I realized that she was the girl I'd been talking to. And I just knew something was different. And I was excited. I wasn't nervous. And I was really so excited to meet this woman. And and as I you know started to talk to her, it got better and better. And so the drink turned into an appetizer and it got better, and then that turned into dinner, and we were having the best time, and so that turned into dessert, and we were still there like three hours later, had an after-dinner drink, and, you know, talking, 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 and it was just the best time, and so I left that night knowing, uh, yeah, something's different about this this time, but it was because of the work that I'd done to work on myself to work on getting over myself and being able to really be present with another person and see her for who she was and and being and trusting God in this process and and so uh, you know we we very soon after had a second date and a third date and and by then I knew it was like okay this is a, I have to go all in on this I think so I started talking to her and it was very natural at that point to bring up the faith in a way that was really not uh, forceful, but just kind of a, a, a very sort of open, slight open invitation. We were going into Christmas, and, and so I invited her to go to confession with me for Advent as just something to do, and she was all about it. She loved confession and uh, she had missed going, and so she was excited about that. So I was excited that she was excited about it. And then, and then she wanted to come to church with me. And then eventually, long story short, we did. Uh, I, I introduced her to the total consecration, and and so um, I was secretly in my heart offering up my the the final sort of stage of my discernment before proposing to Mary through that consecration. And so six months after we met, I proposed on the Feast of St. Joseph on May 1st. And six months after that, we were married. And so that's the story of how I met and discerned marriage with my wife and how we ultimately got married. But it, it, it was the fruit of a lot of work on my part and a lot of trust in God doing his part. So I'm opening this up to you all. And I'm putting this out there. 
and I'm expecting and anticipating a lot of questions, which I am happily happy to engage and and looking forward to hearing from you. Um, and I'll probably do a follow up podcast with some more questions. But I generally try to keep these under a half hour. So I, I knew that this was only going to be able to be an introduction with some ideas thrown in there and tell a little bit of my story. So I hope you enjoyed that. And, uh, and I look forward to hearing from you. God bless you all.